Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dork down for a Hi, Jackie Cation here. You're listening to The Dork Forest. You know the websites, dorkforest.com, thedorkforest.com. If you like a determiner, JackieCation.com has everything. Both of my podcasts, all of the stand-up stuff, the new album, links to YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all the things. But so, I think, does dorkforest.com, where you can look at old videos of different shows. Anyway, if you want to support the show, tell people about the show, review it on iTunes, thumbs it up on Pandora or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. I appreciate that. You can donate. You can donate monthly. PayPal lets you do that. You can also do my Venmo if you like. It's at Jackie Cation absolutely everywhere. And my email address is Jackie at JackieCation.com. And that's what the PayPal is. The PayPal link is on JackieCation.com and DorkForest.com. And go to any of them. Thanks for listening. There's merch. There's stand-up. There's tour guide. You know, you can find out where I'm touring. This is getting long. So let's get into the show. Uh, Jackie Cation. Hi, how you doing? I'm in my garage. It's the Dork Forest. I am with actress and delight, Rebecca Lee. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, what the heck? Let's dork out. What the heck? Let's do it. You are going to be in a play, and let us tell the people of Los Angeles that if they know the Hudson Theater, and they should, it's on Santa Monica. It uh, is. It is called An Intervention. It is by playwright Mike Bartlett. It is Mm -hmm. at the Hudson Theater. And it it will probably be extended through June. So if you're around, yes. go see a thing. Go see a yeah. go the theater. Come to the theater, uh, and you can get tickets. Um, the website is aninterventionla.com. Uh, go get grab you. your tick. Get your tickies. Get your tick ticks. And uh, <laughs> on Instagram, it is at its underscore Rebecca Lee. Her name's Rebecca Lee. That's me. And Instagram points that out by saying its, it's. underscore. Rebecca You'd be Lee. surprised how many Rebecca Lees exist in the world. Um, at one point, we at one point we all had a group message going actually on Instagram, like <laughs> like fifteen Rebecca Lees. We're like, hey, you know, my old AOL account. Uh, occasionally, the woman who has this, it's uh, my sister set it up for me in 1989. Uh, but the uh, it we have talked. Uh, the woman who has my name not oh, yeah. misspelled because it's yes, at, okay. It's like Jackie Sue, but it's with just a K and Rangers. Knock yourself out. You want to AOL me? <laughs> you do it. It's yeah. an attainable goal, my friends. It's, it's, it was. It's... I kept it because of my great aunt, and she just died. So correspondence so is down. It. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> feel free. Dark, uh, dark, dark. Very. Uh, but she was 95, so not a career cut, oh, wow. uh, tragically short. So wow. she's fine. She's happy to be gone, quite honestly. She loved her husband. Didn't think he was, she was going to last another 40 years after him. So wow. um, seems like a long time. That's a long time. And apparently our longevity is just getting longer, which is like, eh, I don't know if we it's need that. Tr- it's true. All of my nieces and nephews, my brother classically said to my nephews, you're going to live to be 100. There's going to be plenty of sex. Don't sweat it. Yeah, uh, they were like fifteen and seventeen, and they didn't have Great. girlfriends, and they were kind of bummed about it. And uh, I don't know why. I don't know how that conversation came up because it's like they're not exactly all emotional giants who are constantly discussing <laughs> their feelings. But uh, but I think I, my dad must have asked him about girls or something, and, and yeah. Russ was like, "Don't worry about it. 
They're they're fifteen and they're just gonna live to be a hundred. There's gonna be enough sex. It's gonna be fine, which led to a very hilarious conversation about consent, and uh, and and some very gotta have it. Gotta, gotta have, have it. that conversation. A hilarious version might be, you know, you might remember it even more. Right, my father, salesman. He likes to make it a sales analogy. He's like, you never want to force the sale. He literally said that to my nephews. You want repeat customers, don't you? Okay. And it went on like that. Anyway. Uh, wow. <laughs> I don't hate it. I, I get it. I, I, I get it. Don't, you are correct. I don't hate it either. <laughs> I was like, it's another sign that my, my father, while he is a, what could be politely called a piece of work, is not a horrible person. Is it a creep? Yeah. 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 It's, uh, That's it's good. Nice. That's yeah. good. It's always nice a nice have. reveal. Uh, <laughs> it's always good to know, even in the 11th hour. So here's okay. So we, we, I talked, we talked about what your dorkdom might be and you, you hilariously said things. I was like, well, does she have a, like a list of books that she's read about this? Or is it just a journey that she likes to talk about this? And it was like, now she just likes to talk about it. And I was like, well then let us talk about it. And it is the concept of confidence. It's the concept of confidence and just a mental health journey, depression, all the things uh, growing up with with a narcissistic parent and how that has affected my confidence. And um, yeah. Have I read any books? No. What how, what happened was uh, <laughs> you didn't read. You're not a self-help no. book person. No. You know what? I think I, I think I've read. I, I know I have read that book attached that talks about like your attachment styles and relationships. Okay. Have you have you not heard of, have you not heard of this? Oh, book? I don't read self help books. No, no. Oh, okay. I have. Yeah, yeah. I have some. I have some small religious texts. I have uh, some small amount of religion. We don't need to discuss it. Nobody cares. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> we it, can. It, it's my favorite. It's my favorite is people who don't discuss their religious affiliations, right. and then right. it allows everyone to else to have their religious affiliations. That's true. And it doesn't. It's a particularly uh, idealistic American attitude, is what I like to say. <laughs> so, uh, but so so you confidence? Just, did you get? Did you go to therapy ever? Let me break. I'll, oh oh yeah, I'm still in it. Oh, there you go. All right. I'm still in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've been going to therapy since 2015 now. And okay. so that's quite a bit of time. Um, but so what happened was right before the pandemic. So this was in like the big January, lockdown. The big January of 2020. Yeah, I was um, <clears throat> I was like, why aren't I confident? I've been going to therapy forever. I I don't understand. I feel like I'm on the right like meds, like mental health meds and all that stuff. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have which I'm, like synapse issues that you're like I would like to yeah. be on some calming meds. <laughs> um I I have all sorts of of mental health stuff and um uh I I never really stayed on the correct like cocktail of antidepressants, anti-anxieties for me. I always mm-hmm. would like do it for a little bit and then be like, nah, "I'm fine. I don't need it." Um, but this it is, is the, by the way, the yeah. only medicine that people are like, you know what? I know I don't have a medical degree, but I'm going to adjust my dosage because I feel pretty good about it. You know what? I would like a little drama. Yeah. And uh, like, 1000 percent. Like, that's exactly my entire adult life. You just right. stated my, my it. My friend Bamford talks about it. Right, Maria? She's yeah. just like. 
you know, I think I'm going to slow it down. I think I'm just going to speed it up. I'm going to, what? Yeah. I just, I, I would like to feel sexual again. Or I know. whatever, right? This type yes. of thing, right? Yes. It's, they all have different side effects and it's, it's, um, it's not easy to find the one that like fits you that works for you um mm-hmm. and it's definitely not easy to stay on them either because like you said you're like oh, i feel better now i'm gonna go off this thing and right right uh hope hope for the best <laughs> uh uh but uh i was like why aren't i confident i'm doing all the things but i don't feel confident so i actually started a podcast like right before it's no longer it's no longer going but i started it right before um lockdown and yeah, what's it, what was a, it called hot, uh, it was called how the fuck did you get so confident Oh. And um, it actually didn't even start as a podcast. It started as me wanting to just take my confident friends to coffee to figure out how they got to be that way. Uh, that um, sounds like a perfect reason for a podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it was before the lockdown. So I was like, I, I didn't even I wasn't even thinking about, you know, podcasts or work or like <laughs> getting making money off. Like, how am I going to make money in a year or right, right. any of that thing? Because I didn't know about the lockdown that was going to happen. How many episodes are there? If I'm just to digress. I mean, there are probably like 70, 70 ish. Okay. So, and people can find them on, on oh, Apple yeah. Podcasts. Yes, so they can. Go deep, podcast listeners. The go, Rangers, they, they love a rando. They love a rando <laughs> podcast. Yeah. So, they, it's yeah. it's on all the, all, the, all the platforms. How the um, fuck did you get so confident? That's yeah. what it's called. You know how to find it. You're grown up. So, I, uh, um, I just it started with me asking friends that I thought were very confident to get coffee and sort of just like picking their brain about it. And then the lockdown happened. So I started doing Zooms because um, I was very dedicated to the cause of like, why don't I have this thing? And, you know, being in the improv comedy community here in L.A., you see so many confident performers on stage allegedly confident they look confident um everybody looks like, good on the outside that? everyone yeah. looks good on the outside you scratch a little bit of the paint everyone's made of bees yes yeah yeah there's a yeah. lot of just bzzz, and you're like oh you are not as so this is awesome um yeah what did you learn so i learned an incredible amount i think i'm gonna make like a pdf like little i need to do this because <laughs> i took notes spreadsheet. a spreadsheet uh no i i would so basically, the coffee talk stopped. They turned to a Zoom platform. And then I was like, why aren't I sharing this? This seems like information that other people would benefit from. And I should share it. So that's how it turned into a podcast. And I ended up, I take, when I was doing it, I would take notes during the whole thing. And then at the very end of each episode, I recap like this person's tips for confidence. Okay. And so I have like a full journal of amazing Amazing. Well, it started with comedians because that was like my inner circle, you know, and then it started to branch out. And I ended up interviewing people that I found on TikTok, like um, this one woman, Clarissa Rankin. She's a um, a female truck driver. And so it ended up like just veering off because I just I just didn't want to do only entertainment people. I wanted to do people from all different walks of life. So just like like she's a female truck driver and like learning about her journey as that and being in a male dominated industry and how that affected her confidence. And um, it, right. it was just, it's yeah. So it was just really cool. I interviewed um, a woman, uh, Judea Kirsch. She is the uh, first black um, rodeo queen in Arkansas. And she is so rad. Yeah. And uh, it was so interesting talking to her because she was like, you know, I didn't have anybody to ask my questions to. Like, I, I didn't have 
the confidence I didn't because I didn't have like a, a mentor or I didn't right. see myself represented. I had questions like she she talked about wanting to uh, if you're a rodeo queen, you have to style your hair in a certain way. And she was like, I want to. Yeah, she was like, I want to wear, you know, my hair natural, but I don't yeah. have anybody to ask about that because I don't see anybody like me in my right. There's in my no field. role models. There's no representation. None. And so and this is this is, you know, it it can be true of I mean, that's why men are more confident than women is because there are more examples of heroes and geniuses and politicians and, you know, rodeo riders and truck yeah. drivers. You can be whatever you want if you're a dude, because there's usually an example of that. But if you're a black man or a brown man or an Asian you know person, you don't mm-hmm. get to see that. Mm-hmm. And and then if you're a woman or if you're trans, or if you're gay, or if you're any number of things that are not, you know, the one kind of thing that's been kind of represented, it's harder to find role models to ask. So you have to invent the wheel yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what she she was talking about a lot that in her episode and how she wants to be, you know, the mentor for the next generation coming up. Uh, and uh, and also it, to be mocked and go, I can't believe you stood for that. Why would you take that shit? You're like, I'm sorry. Uh, I took it so that you don't have to. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's uh, stand up in 1984. Yeah. was a lot of uh, sitting on your face jokes that I had to sit mm-hmm. through. And yeah. I was like, thanks for nothing. Anyway, yeah. are we going to lunch? So yeah. uh, but the. So, so you have a notebook full of essentially bullet points. Actually, they're right here. Yeah, yeah. it's right here. It's been sitting here. <laughs> like it's it's pages and pages <laughs> and pages. And like I want you... to make some sort of like pillows. Etsy. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I didn't well, even think of that, and uh, I'm sure it would make. I'm merch. sure it would make money. I just oh want to make like a PDF or something of like the top whatever. So I don't. I don't know. I, I just feel like it's very. Someone could, you know, find use out of it. Um, do you so ever just have, flip through it, or? Yeah, I actually do. Um, and it really, really helped my confidence. Not only like interviewing people, um, and like learning about confident how confidence is not the same for everyone it's not this like you know in my head I was like oh it's the um the the loudest or the biggest or the most verbose or the you know the most outgoing the most extroverted and it's so not that like it's very unique to individuals and sometimes the most confident person is the quietest person in the room but that's just not something I ever really thought about so yeah I mean confidence is different for everybody and Seeing and, different examples, examples of yeah. it. Yeah. And then just learning a new skill, which was doing a podcast. Like I had never, I have never owned any of this equipment. You know, I had to go buy it. I had to go learn how to edit stuff myself. I had sure. to learn how to uh, make promotional graphics. And I think that also helped my confidence is just like learning a new skill and like following through start to finish with it. Yeah. Um, that makes sense just because. We, you know, when we get out of school, we tend to think to ourselves and we get a job in a lot of cases, people will get a job and they're like, well, this is the thing I do now. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, what do you want to learn how to skateboard? And you're like, I couldn't do that. Or I, you know, I do want to learn how to play the guitar. It's like, I've always wanted to, but I don't want to do it. And Mm -hmm. you're just like, you, you, like somebody once said, it's like a famous thing is like, I'm too old to do something. Mm. Well, uh, you're just going to get older. 
Yeah. So you might as well do it now. You know, yeah. it was, and I think it was put better than that. Let me just say that. No, it wasn't. Offhand. That was, no, that's that how was it was. the way it was put. That was exactly how it was put. Um, so, yeah. Do you want to pick like a couple of, uh, a good suggestion? Bullet points. Yeah. Well, yeah. I would say like my biggest, my biggest thing is like what I just said, it was just like fine, like doing a new skill start to finish. Um, and like within this, this period of time where I was interviewing people, I, um, I found I found out so much about myself that I that was already there, but like I didn't have the confidence to like even address like being a queer woman in a heterosexual heterosexual relationship was not was you know I knew about I knew I was this thing, but like right. I had never talked about it. I had never right. um, I didn't feel a part of the like I was a part of the queer community, so I felt like I should not you know just be hands off and i since then have been like no i this is a community i want to be a part of like this is who i am and and yeah. you know i i want to do it so like you know i think finding something new and doing it is th- the most incredible thing you can do for your confidence um well it certainly then, shakes up the it shakes up your life enough that and and any success mm-hmm. will encourage you to keep going and to keep trying new things, mm-hmm. you know, in, in anything. And the other weird thing is, I mean, I was raised with an excess of confidence. Mm. Uh, it was literally, I don't have imposter syndrome. I was raised to be an imposter. I was raised to just say, yes, I can do that. And mm. then figure out how to do that. Wow. That's incredible. It is. Um, it is is also called arrogance. Uh, It has other words, but it does enable me to try new things. It does enable Mm -hmm. me to think that I can do things that other people don't know that they can. And the thing is, is some things I cannot do. Mm -hmm. I am not good at them. This is not a quality that, that uh, I will even ever get good enough for anyone to give a damn about, but I gave it a shot. And my father would say things like, you might as well try. Because I'm going to make fun of you either way. If you don't try, I will say, the hell's the problem? Who cares? And yeah. if you do try and you're good at it, I'm going to say, hey, big shot. Nice work. Yeah. And uh, he's just like, you think you're a big shit now? And, you know, so you're just like, there was no reason not to try. Yeah, I was not raised like that at all. Um, right. I did not have, I did not have the confidence. Um, and I don't think people would necessarily know that. Um by like the way I operated, but like I definitely didn't. Uh, and I was raised more. So I was raised in the South. So it was more of a like. What part of the South? Uh, the border of Florida and Georgia. Oh, my God. Northern so, Florida. Whew, that is very South, my friend. All right. Welcome tricky, to Rebecca Lee's life. Tricky, tricky, yeah. tricky. Uh, <laughs> but it was more of a um, tone yourself down, you know, kind of like damp, just don't be so much, you know, you're, you're a woman. You need to just like, just be, be seen, but not heard kind of vibes in the South. Right, right. Um, yeah. Right. It, y- yeah. There, there's a stereotypical, I mean, because there was a great deal of sort of go get your dad some coffee. You know, I'm so glad that you were born. Now your brothers have someone to help them. And you're like, uh, I'm, I believe my grandmother actually said that to my sister at one point. My sister said, you're thinking of someone else. 
I will not be. I will not be. They're they're older than me and they will be fine without my help. They don't need me to do anything for them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, your upbringing influences everything. And like, uh, uh, it's, I guess, fortunate and unfortunate, but it's like, that's why I love therapy so much is because when else am I going to talk about how I grew up? You know, like that's just not something we talk about. We don't like do a deep dive into like why, why we feel the way we do and how that's based on our childhood traumas and and all that stuff. I think adult children of alcoholics do that. Actually, those meetings I think are full of three minute shares of this was crazy. Right. And everyone going, yes, that's nuts. We all did that. And I'm so glad you're here. Yeah. And, and and I'm a, I'm a 12 stepper too. So like I have, you know, experience in program and all the things I try to do all the things to like keep my mental stable because if I don't, we're, we're a roller coaster baby. We're up and down all all over the place. There are tools that are out there and there's, there's quite honestly a 12 step program for anything. There you, really if, is. You got some sex issues? They got one. You got they some got money it. issues? They got that one. They got one. it. You got food issues? There's three of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could, there will be something where you can bleed off some of the, some of the crazy in your head and it's free. So, yeah. and you could think that it's a cult, but when you show up, so stand up comedy. Yeah. Uh, and what's yeah. my, as, as Tita Fey once said about improv, What's your cult done for you? I'll tell you what mine's done for me. It's given me friends. It's given me self-confidence. It's given me reason a reason to live. So Yeah. Yeah. I I'm I I am such an advocate for 12-step programs um, or, or you know, any program and in improv. general. That's just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 12-step programs and improv are my two things. <laughs> and, like, and quite honestly, I know people who, who started taking improv and stand-ups make fun of improv on the regular. Of course. But, and, there's, and you're just like, calm down. Why don't you? Because I've seen it done well. Mm-hmm. It's a learned skill. You can tell you can tell me that you're good at you know like there's a bunch of comics right now who are doing these like one hour I'm not gonna write anything and you're like yeah that's improv you're <laughs> wait just, is that true that's like yeah. a thing right now it's oh, okay. a really yeah. like Judah Friedlander Todd Berry Rory Scovel mm-hmm. um, I love Rory yeah and, uh, he's, right, he's the, such a kind all, human yeah all three of them are good people and very funny comics and um. And are doing a lot of sort of improv stand-up where they're, they're trying to work off the crowd and they're trying to work off just something that happened that day. Mm-hmm. And so every show is very different. But but it's – and those three guys don't make fun of improv. They actually have embraced it, obviously. But um, yeah. but I have seen – we've all seen terrible improv. But, we all have. But, but great improv is – you feel there's a safety in that. That when yeah. I've seen – I've never felt – it's not scary. You feel like they're in charge of where the dialogue's going to go. And they don't, yeah. they don't, they know that it's, it's not going to be a nightmare. It's just yeah. going to go somewhere. That's at least interesting. Yeah. If, if it isn't hilarious. And sometimes it's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, and, and do you know, doing improv also helped with my confidence because it's like, you know, I'm a, I'm like a classically trained actor. I studied in New York. And then when I came to LA, and someone was like, you should do more comedy. And I was like, all right, I'll go like, I'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I actually love this thing. This is actually, I, I was always like, I'm a thespian, you know, I need to do fucking <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. 
And then I like, you know, go to UCB and I'm like, never mind. I actually love this. Like, I just love fucking around and making shit up. And like, it's so fun and freeing and scary, but also um, a a rush of adrenaline that if you're anything like me, you kind of live on that rush of adrenaline for a while. Um, And it's like a healthy way for me to get my dopamine (laughs) kick. Right. That isn't like alcohol or drugs, you know, because I've also done all that, too, to try to get my dopamine kick. But when you get off stage from an improv show or, or any sort of performance, I think if you've done well, if you've got if you've done well enough to get that kudos from the audience, that will give you confidence. Of course. It's, it's one of the reasons why dudes who were kind of goony looking, that when they got really good at stand-up, they got that confidence, and then that confidence turned into power, and that power turned into an abuse of power. Mm-hmm. And so... You just have to make sure that your confidence, there's that fine line. It's a fine line. Between arrogance and confidence. And Mm -hmm. I I struggle with it. And um, because there's so much judgmentalness and then there's expectation and there's all these other things. Yeah. And and also in the uh, improv community, there's, uh, you know, uh, tons of, uh, not tons, abuse, just like any other community in this are you kidding? World, you I'm know. sure that there's the trade unions. <laughs> I mean, every yeah. job is full of people who have power and people who mm-hmm. abuse power. Mm-hmm. And then people who don't abuse power. It's nice. Those yeah. people, congratulations. Yeah. for not being yeah. either born a dick or choosing not to be a dick. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 And um, but yeah, like you said, it's like being on stage, whether it's stand up or improv or like a straight play. It's you come off with that adrenaline. Like you come off stage feeling good, even if it's a drama and not like you're not trying to get laughs. And, you know, doing so much improv, I've learned that like I've learned to be OK not getting laughs all the time, which is like makes people uncomfortable. Like That's if they huge. if they yeah. say something and it doesn't get a laugh, they're uncomfortable where I'm like, oh, like, let's sit in this for a minute and, like, <laughs> it, like we're going to figure it out. Like, we we don't have a choice. We're here together doing it. So. Right. right. Uh, uh, but, yeah, I don't feel uncomfortable in, in silences anymore, which is which is cool. Um, that's, a, that's a step towards confidence for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think just ultimately figuring out who you are and being unapologetically that is – is the building blocks for confidence because if you're making decisions that are in line with your values or your morals or who you are even if you fuck up or even if someone doesn't like it you can at least stand in the fact that like you were authentically you but if you're faking it and 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 trying to to be something you're not and then also it doesn't work then you're like why did i why did i fake it it doesn't it didn't even work anyway so you know, learning to stand in your own, I think, is is super important. But I can also like rattle off from this list because goddamn, are there <laughs> pages and pages and pages of stuff. real gems, real gems, real gems. Let's see. Um, I mean, I'm just going to blow through some of these. Yeah, yeah let's hear Learn it. Learn new skills. Let's see. Learn new skills. Uh, travel. Um, have you done that? Have you traveled? Have I traveled alone Not in the past two years? No, with COVID. last two and a half, three years. It's been a real 
it's hard. It's been a doozy. Um, I think yes, I have, and I, you know, I moved out of out when I was eighteen. Um, so I think that's another thing that is really helpful that I, that a lot of people talked about was moving to a different city and not you know staying in the same place forever, even if that means like traveling and going back to where you grew up. Because I don't want to like make it seem like you can't. You, you don't have to live run where away you grow from up. Home. No, yeah, no, no. But like doing things alone, especially a move or traveling and and doing it and then going like, holy shit, I did the thing. Yeah. I didn't think I could do the thing, but I did the thing. Right. Just builds your builds your confidence more and more. So like, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge, huge travel advocate for <laughs> for confidence. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, be patient with yourself. Like some of these are just like little like nuggets. Um, but like being patient with yourself is not something that I do. Usually. Right. So if you beat yourself up for your lack of confidence, it's just going to make you less confident. Cycle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you can just admit that I'm not, I don't feel particularly there. I have told this story before, but let me tell <gasps> I it again. Hear it. My sister got a job, got me a job when I was like 23. I was, uh, I was trying to figure out where I was going to move to do stand up. So I'm living with her and she's like, you need a job because you're going to need to make some money. And it was a big thing in my family. Get a job. So we, uh, she gets me this job. She's uh, assistant development director for a nonprofit in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay. Her boss, the development director, I was the assistant to both of them. I would essentially, whatever sort of, you know, monkey business where you needed me to write something down, type something, uh, make sandwiches, whatever, you know, just jack yeah. of all trades. And at one point there was a mailing and Darla's boss was like, uh, I'm going to need you to do this mailing. Here's the mailing list. And I was like, all right. And she hands me a giant list. And then she's like, I'm going to need, uh, so each of these things goes here and these other things go here and you have to print these labels to make it go here. And I'm, you know, I'm taking notes and I'm do and I'm, and I'm following. And at the end of it, she was like, do you understand? And I said, mostly I will be asking you two more times. And she goes, what? And I said, I want to do it exactly how you want it done. Because this is this is something you there you want this done correctly, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I and I think I know what I'm doing. But if I have any problems, uh, I I'm just gonna I just want to let you know I will be coming back to you with possibly a question. And she's like, "Yes, please." And then she turned to my sister, I guess, later in the day. And Darla comes up to me and she said, "You know, she just asked me how close is Jackie to getting her degree." Because she's really qualified. She's that's an excellent question. And I was like, oh, she has her degree. She just doesn't want to use it. She wants to go st do stand-up comedy. And but the thing is, is to not be afraid to ask questions. Huge. Is yeah, because you don't want to appear dumb. But I was lucky in that case that I didn't care about that job. Mm. I did not, I was like, I knew because it was a fiddle and diddle of some weird mass mailing. Mm -hmm. I had never done a mass mailing before. What is it? Mm -hmm. uh, I can stuff envelopes. My sister's been having me do that. Volunteered me to do that since I was 16. Thanks for nothing. And um, did John Anderson win in 1980? He didn't. Anyway, so, uh, but the, uh, so I just, there's just this whole thing where that is, that is one of my things is I'm like, if I don't know what I'm doing, I, if I pretend to know what I'm doing, I'm probably going to do it wrong. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to be mad mm -hmm. and it's not going to be done correctly. I'm going to have to do it again. And especially with a job where you're like, 
I'm not getting a lot of my self-esteem from the from the male stuffing business. Right. Why don't I do it exactly like if I when I was when I when I was helping in the kitchen, uh, working as uh, sort of a fry cook, right? Yeah. And they'd be like, "You have to chop things," and I was like, "Okay, well, I'm going to chop them exactly how you want me to chop them." Because I don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just, you care how they're chopped. I do not. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I was, that's not the hill I'm dying on. I don't know. I don't know what the, I've yet to meet the hill. Yeah. That my ego is like, no, I told you I would do this thing, but I have to do it my way. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely, it, it, if you can, that's not where my ego gets me in trouble. Other places is where it gets me in trouble. But if there's a, if you can try to get your ego out of the way, especially if you're working for somebody, right? Yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine and I was like, oh, my boss today is such a pain in the ass. And one of my friends said, did she ask you to do anything that was illegal? Did, did she ask you to do things that are officially kind of part of your job? And I was like, yes. And <laughs> she was like, does she sign the check at the end of the two? Yes. She was like, Suck it up. Yeah. Just do the job or quit yeah. that job. Get a different yeah. job. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, absolutely. I could not, I could not agree more with that. I'm a big, I'm a big uh, question asker. I've never, I'm not afraid to ask questions though. That was never, that was, I, I'm not afraid to look stupid. Um, <laughs> uh, and I quite often do. And I, and I, and I'm fine with that. Um, uh, oh, what was I going to say? Are you, no, what are you God. afraid of? Like, what, like for me, it's ego, right? Abandonment. But, okay. So, I'm, a, I'm a fear of abandonment girl. So how does that manifest where you, like, because you're like, I'm willing to look stupid as long as you don't leave me. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, Oops. pretty much. If you can, like, if you're like. <laughs> do you need me to look stupid so you stay? I can yeah, totally yeah. do that, too. That sounds like yeah. a terrible line. It's not good. <laughs> Please, uh, it's yeah. not good. But uh, my, yeah, I would say my biggest fear is fear of abandonment um, because I didn't grow up with. Uh, like I, I didn't really grow up with a father figure and I, I always wanted that. So it's like, yeah, of course, like, yeah, no shit. Re- like Rebecca, of course you're going to have like fear of abandonment. And of course it's going to manifest with like m- men around you and um, dudes. Yeah. Dudes. Uh, hate them. No, f- sorry. That came out. That came out very, uh, aggressive that my hate them just phrase of uh yeah, the word hate was men. a little loud but it was that actually was, I, that, it was actually was casually put it was casually I know put, it was it was but, <laughs> but I didn't expect that to happen a little it's yeah. a little too much it's a little too much you uh, like Rory Scoville I do nice I man. like I, and I'm married I like my husband like <laughs> <laughs> the good ones so, you guys the good the ones good ones but you know it's like um it's uh it's interesting being as you as you know a woman in comedy it's it's not easy and it's a lot of times I, I feel like I have to look a certain way to be to, for people to think that I'm funny. Like I have to be at least in the improv world. It's like, you got to be quirky overall wearing uh, uh, big woman, hat. <laughs> huge, <laughs> huge hat. Uh, uh, and I'm like, I'm not that like, I'm like, uh, I like going to like metal concerts and like, I, I don't I, like I have tattoos. I just I, I, right. I, I'm not that that prototype. So you, right. So you have a perception of because we all do like what society has yeah. sort of hinted. And when I say hinted, I mean, 
indoctrinated. Ta- told uh, <laughs> you what you should do. Yes. I'm so sorry that you're not the perfect thing that, and you're like, and, and you buy it. And we as children oh, yeah. buy it hook, line and sinker mm-hmm. with a bill of goods. And you're just like, well, if I'm not all of these things, then I'm none of these things. Yeah. And nobody wants anything that I'm doing or whatever. Yes. And yes. Yeah, to re-kind of educate yourself that and just sort mm-hmm. of and that is a thing where where you where you sort of realize it's it's the whole becoming an adult kind of thing where you're like, I take responsibility for my actions. I'm supposed to be the grown-up in this situation. Mm-hmm. It as I get older, I notice that it has been taking it takes real time, you know? I mean, and because we're living longer. It takes longer to get to that point of, like, I feel, and I've told this story probably four times in the last month, sorry, Rangers, but I felt like I really became an adult when I was about 35. Yeah. And I realized adult what it meant, which was that children got to be children because I was doing uh, childcare. That was one of my day jobs when I first moved here. And um, they, I didn't get to, it was me and a nine-year-old. Turns out the nine-year-old uh, gets to be the child. And yeah. I have to be the adult. And yeah. so, and I have to learn patience and tolerance and kindness so that I can be the best adult that that child might need. And then if once you agree to that, you're like, oh, I probably have to be the adult when I'm talking to other adults, even yeah, if they're yeah, not yeah. being good adults, right? Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. And like if you didn't grow up with that in your life or like a role model to, um, you know, model your behavior after, then it's like a new concept for you. Um, At least that's how I felt. Yeah. And it's like a, it's a big it's a big learning curve. And then you add, you know, brain chemistry to it on top of that. And it's just it's hard to get it all sorted. Um, And that's why, like, individual therapy is great. Uh, programs is great. I it's all yeah, that I'm relearning so for it. It's all yeah, that relearning. Yeah. It's completely relearning. And then it's also like a perspective change is, is something that like came up a lot in in my podcast was like reframing thoughts and like changing your perspective on them. So like for example, instead of like I have to do something, reframing it as like I want to do something or or if you can't like for me it was like um I really I really enjoy connecting with connecting with another person like I think that's one of the reasons that I'm like on this planet is to connect with people on a one-on-one basis and when COVID happened it's like well you don't have that anymore so then reframing it to like what do I get to do when I'm not connecting with somebody and it was like oh I started painting and doing art and now I have an Etsy fucking art account called fatherless behavior where I like use fatherless behavior you guys get out there Etsy it's uh, it's, uh, I use like a lot of found materials and attempt to, um, not, uh, to use waste as art. And so I've been using like a lot of expired vitamins and pills and making like fucking ashtrays or making wall hangings. Uh, wow. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and like, I'll be like, friends, clear your junk drawers and bring me your old batteries so I can make art out of them. There you uh, go. But it's like, I got to do all of that. While I, because I wasn't able to connect with another person, I got right. to, I, I was able to have this alone time with myself and find a new hobby that eventually turned into a money making thing. And it's like, so it's like reframing that instead of like, oh, I can't connect with people. It's like, well, what do you get to do 
when you're not connecting with people. Right. And, and learning, I will say that confidence there's, there's, and it's, it's, and it's not easy to learn is, but it's, it's something because I'm continuing to learn it is to sort of, to learn to stand in the moment and to sort of figure out that you're like, well, this, this is what this moment is and it's boring. Or this is what this moment is, and it's stressful. This is what this moment is, and it's joyful. And mm-hmm. it would be great to be able to be in each of those moments and know that it is just a moment, you know? It's just a moment. Like, it, it's every, everything will pass. Like, everything will pass. Like, this too shall pass. The good stuff, it's going to pass. The bad stuff, it's going to pass. Like, it's all just fleeting. So, yeah. like, being so in don't it. kill yourself, assholes. <laughs> yeah, as please because, don't. Right. There's absolutely, I promise you, uh, it, things yes. will be different 20 minutes from now or yeah. 24 hours from now. And that's you know? hard. You know, especially, very- I have struggled with mental health, like, my entire adult life. And in those moments where we're, having cyclical thinking or, you know, we're stuck in a thought pattern. We don't think, at least me, I can only speak for myself. You don't know you're going to come out of it. You're just like, I can't, I cannot pull myself out of this cycle right now. It feels overwhelming. Yeah. And you're just like, the only way I would feel better is if I died. And you're like, do not. Because I have probably... Three or four times, and I don't. I am blessed, blessedly, do not suffer from any sort of chemical need for for antidepressants so far. Mm-hmm. But probably every fifteen to twenty five years, I don't know. I would say once in college, once when I was in my early thirties, and once, uh, probably in the last three years, yeah. I've wanted to kill myself, and it isn't. The only thing that stops me is, well, there's several things that stop me, including Maria Bamford's uh, for spite. Uh, But there's the, but there's that I know that it will pass. And I know that, that it's not going, if I think it through, somebody has got to find my body. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to make everyone around me super sad and mad. And I'm a people pleaser. So there's another reason not to do it. But, you know, the main thing that I have to remind myself is that it will pass. That if I keep doing the next indicated action, a new thing will happen. Whatever horrible thing is facing me right now, I I will get out of it. And there will be something else that is less horrible or something that is joyful or, you know, something that is boring. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, it was like, it wasn't a, it wasn't like a suicidal thing. It was more like, uh, I need to get out of this current mindset. So I, how do I do that? I have to, I have to drink an excess. Like I gotta, I gotta drink. I gotta, or, you know, I gotta do drugs or, um, self-harm, which, you know, all these things are a version of self-harm, but, um, but direct. It, it, yes. But, <laughs> yeah. dire- but that direct self-harm baby. Yikes. Um, <laughs> Fair dark, enough. dark, dark, Fair dark, dark, uh, um, and it's learning how to sit with the cycling thoughts, sitting with them and going, I know that this is going to pass because I have so many data points from previous moments where it did pass. Like, yeah. let me think about those data points, yeah. um, which is like a very, a very strange way to phrase it. But it's like, 
when I'm when I'm feeling like that, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've already done this. This has already happened. And I and I got through right. it. So like what I can do it again. But, it, you know, I mean, like two weeks ago, I, I was balled up with a with my dog and a weighted blanket <laughs> having a panic attack and being like, I'm not going to get through this moment. I can't get through this moment. Yeah. But you just have to sit with it and it sucks and it's uncomfortable. It doesn't feel good. But right. like you will overcome it. And I think, you know, as creative people or as artists, it's it's an it, it, it seems a lot more prevalent in the artistic and creative community. And in addition, I feel like we are kind of on the outskirts of of not humanity, but like, you know, we're outcasts in a in, in a certain degree you know it's like oh well, you're a comedian you don't have a nine to five. Oh, you're a an actor you don't you know you don't commute to your monday through friday jobs and it's like you know we're kind of on the outskirts a little bit it's and i think that i mean in i don't know i mean i lived in minneapolis and i lived uh um, instant amongst uh the hippie skippies and mm-hmm. the crystal clutchers of the world and so there was mm-hmm. a lot of but it did it about mm-hmm. it. But when I moved here to Los Angeles and when I've been in New York, there are certain communities that talk about it more, you know, and there is, but there is, there is a problem where, where if you never talk about it, where if you never learn, you know, and I, and I know people here who are like, I'm going to India. I'm going to sit on a mountain. I'm going to meet a dude in a robe and that's going to fix it. And you're mm-hmm. like, you could sit at a Starbucks mm-hmm. and also fix it. Yeah. But you got to go to wherever you got to go to yes. find that place. And if you got to pull a geographic to do it, to find, yeah, to find yeah, yeah. right. To find out that you're always with yourself. That's true. That's the truest statement ever is you're always with yourself. And it's really scary to like, put the work in to yourself it's it's not it's not comfortable at all it is but not it's, comfortable <laughs> but it's like so exponentially helpful in in the long right. run um but no it's not comfortable and if 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 you're a person who doesn't like to be uncomfortable <laughs> you're less likely to do the kind of work but it's like you know as a as a stand up or as an improviser or as an actor it's like i'm uncomfortable all the time like i'm i am perpetually uncomfortable I right. put myself in those situations. So it's it like, was, I'm comfortable being uncomfortable. And that's where I think we need to get is like learning to be comfortable in the uncomfortable. Right. Rachel Feinstein, who I just saw her do stand up uh, about a week, this last weekend in Austin, mm. Texas, she was talking about her husband, who is a firefighter, a New York City firefighter. And he does not have feelings, it turns mm. out. He's mm. just like, you know, I don't, I just, I don't, uh, I don't have a mo, you know, it's, I, whatever. I'm cool with whatever you want to do. And she's like, you just punch the microwave. I think there's something going on. And yeah. Yeah, you're just like, and he's like, all right, what do you want to talk about? And, yeah. she's, and he's like, oh, well, I don't want to talk about Vinny's dream of us buying Bitcoin. How about that? And uh, so, but it's like, there is the work. It's to, to look into yourself is, as you say, awkward. It's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and if you can exist without doing it, and I have four brothers, you know, and so there's not been a lot of navel gazing 
with easily three of them. <laughs> so one of them, he will he will turn his navel inside out, and uh, God love him, Phil Cation. <laughs> he is he will draw he will cry at the drop of a hat, and he will drop that hat for you. And um, but he, you know, there's, but they. And and they are all old school kind of you know men are not encouraged. Then that's another thing that sucks about about our society. I feel like I could it's I could make helping. a fucking list, but it's like <laughs> <laughs> uh, capitalism. Okay, um, yeah. is that like men aren't taught how to deal? Well, in my experience in talking to men, I I I, I have found that it's less prevalent that they are taught to talk about their feelings or how to deal with their feelings. And it ends up turning into like a rageful thing. They have and these other expectations. Yeah. I mean, yes. we, it's a, it's a shit show. What society has show. done. It really fucking is. <laughs> to it men really, and women. really is. And yeah, yeah, it, it really is. And I just feel like also like, this is kind of a tan, a tangential thing, but like social media is, is a whole, is a whole nother thing. And it's like, <laughs> Existing right now is not not the easiest, and well, what it does has done though is is encouraged from 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 this perspective, which is slightly older, uh, a human being at this time is uh, I see the youth, I see the youth uh, embracing non-binary, embracing mm-hmm. they them, embracing these gender differences and this queer lifestyle, and they're just like a mouth is a mouth is a mouth. I think it was, well, I don't think it was Emma Goldman. Who the hell said that? I don't uh, know. But I can't remember, I like but, it. it's, but it's nice, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're just like, yeah, you're, you're right. And I mean, you can fall in love with the brain inside the sausage casing and then make do with the sausage casing, right? Yeah. Because you're like, no, I like touching people. Anyway, so, but the thing is, is it's, but the, the, if you claim, if you claim non-binary, right? If you own your 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 lack of gender, right? Of not mm-hmm. wanting, then you can have all the emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then, then then you can have yeah. all the journeys. Then mm-hmm. you can be an astronaut or a princess, and nobody can say no to you. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the things I'm seeing now, where the comp there, it's it's a way to try to fix. I think the confidence from the outside. Yeah. Just like I'm seeing how I was, my confidence was, was belittled or threatened or stunted by society. So yeah. let me say, fuck you society and just go, I'm not whatever you want me to be because I'm totally. just a person. Totally. Yeah. And like, as, as a pansexual woman, like I really relate to what you said about, um, like falling in love with the brain and then the sausage, you know, you deal with whatever the outside is like, that is exactly how I feel. Um, good. And, (laughs) but you know, I just feel like, yes, social media has done positive things and also negative things because it's like the, you know, you don't have a face. You can say whatever the fuck you want and you're not going to get in trouble for it. And that there's a Taylor Swift lyric. It's like, it? you know, if you say it to my face, that's legit. If you say it in a tweet, that's lame. And yeah, that is yeah. not how that song goes. But it's, it's essentially, <laughs> that is the sentiment. You know, you're just like, if you say it on the street versus you say it in a tweet. Yeah. And you're just yeah. like, just, we don't know each other, you know? Mm-hmm. And courtesy, Brian Regan spends his entire life writing bits about courtesy and how he would like everyone to really just be a little more polite, a little more thoughtful. Yeah. And, um, 
And then he manifests that by being a little, uh, being extremely polite and pretty damn thoughtful. So um, we all, we have aspirational, like what would you do with the most confidence? If you had the most confidence, how would that manifest itself in your life? That's a really good question. Uh, (laughs) I've never (laughs) thought about that. You know, I probably wouldn't be that far off than where I am right now, honestly. And why don't you internalize that? I know. I yeah. gotta, I'm gonna fucking now. I got something to talk about. In Wait therapy. a minute. That could go into the notebook. I might have made the notebook, you guys. Put, I'm putting it. I'm, right. I'm putting it in right now. Uh. Okay. Wait. I have to write it down too. Okay. What would you do if you had all the confidence that you want? You know, I mean, and the thing is, is it's, it's one of those things, you know, how they encourage you to write what you want in a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Yeah. What mm-hmm. you want out of a place to live. You know, mm-hmm. I want a yeah. gas stove. I would like there to be an avocado tree in this neighborhood that I can reach. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, that's type of thing, right? That aspirational shit. Yeah. <laughs> right. You make a list of what you would, you would enjoy. You know, I would like with, with, when I, when I started going online for dating, I was like, I would like, um, you know, someone who is kind, someone who is smart, someone who is funny. And I am willing to allow someone to be kind to me was a huge thing for me because I was, there was so much riffing, so much uterus busting, Mm -hmm. you know, so much ball busting that I was like, no, I'm supposed to like those guys. Those guys are funny. You're like, well, they're funny for 20 minutes. You don't want to live with that guy. Totally. That guy's, that guy's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I want to I want to live with somebody who is occasionally a little snarky and most of the time just a decent human being and yeah. very sweet and very funny. And he always says, whenever I call him sweet, I have to point out that he's also very dangerous. Super dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, I said you're very dangerous. Anyway, very dangerous. Um, yeah. If I had all the confidence in the world, it just wouldn't be that much different than I than I am now. Which is like, oh, fucking, that's pretty cool. I've never even I've never even thought about that before. But like, that's rad. Like, I would be doing the same things that I am doing now. Right. Um, which is, well, it's pretty cool. Right. It's and then, fucking but cool. then something else comes in. You're like, oh, neat. I would be doing what I'm doing now, so I must have confidence. And then another part of your brain comes forward and go, well, then why am I not famous or rich? Yeah. And you're yeah. like, uh, why don't you fuck off? Yeah. Uh, because, uh, because the thing is, is there is peace and serenity in doing the work. Yeah. In being sort of doing the thing you want to do, which is you... If it's if it's an Etsy, you know, if it's art for Etsy, yeah. If it's art for art's sake, if it's acting, like you're an actor, you're in a play. Mm-hmm. By the way, I am talking with Rebecca Lee, you guys, and it's <laughs> underscore Rebecca Lee, Rebecca Lee on the Instagram. <laughs> and there is a play called An Intervention by uh, Mike Bartlett uh, that will be at the Hudson Theater. So you should all look into that in Los Angeles. You but the thing is, is uh, and look how smooth the transition. So beautiful, but. If all of that is enough, right, then you could die at any time, right? You can, you're, what I have to, and I remind myself of this, and I've, and practice has made perfect, right? Or practice mm-hmm. has made this easier for me to yeah. remember on a regular basis, which is 
I get to do stand-up comedy almost any day I want. People like my stand-up comedy. Uh, my peers, for the most part, respect me. I am loathed and disliked by very few people. And those people, they're like burns. It burns when I think of those people. So I try mm. not to uh, because I can't fix it. It doesn't. No. Right. You have no control over anyone but yourself. Right. And like also control is you really don't have control over anything. Honestly, it's, it's like an illusion. like you said, you can. It's an illusion. It's a complete fucking illusion. You can you can die at any time. And it's like, what are you going to do with the time you have here? I, I, I heard a phrase that was nothing matters. So anything can. And it stuck with me because it's like. You know, ultimately nothing matters. We're on a fucking floating piece of dust in an infinite universe. No one's going to remember you anyway. Like, right, truly you just, you no get one's going to remember you. get a hundred years, probably. If you get a hundred years, yeah. uh, you, no, you're not going to be remembered. Even the most famous person now is not going to be remembered, ultimately. Mm -hmm. um, so what are you, now that you know that, what are you going to do with the time that you have here? Mm -hmm. It's kind of freeing to think of it like that. Yeah. It's like you <laughs> and in like a very... um fatalistic way it's like you don't matter so what are you gonna do with the time you have you're here so like fucking right. you might as well do the things that you want to do and that make you happy and fuck the people who don't like it fuck the people who don't like it and you might as well try to help the person in front of you totally because it's not that's gonna make more of a difference than if you invent you know a couch that is a circle right or whatever yeah. you know whatever you're just like, I think that I, you know, you're just like, I could write the perfect joke and it might be, you know, it might help people by making them laugh or be happy for a second. Right. And I, and I think that that's valid and, and it's real. But um, if someone has fallen down in front of me and I'm on my way to the show, I should probably stop mm -hmm. and help them just stand up, you know, as a, as a very sort of basic kind of example, you know, mm -hmm. where. Yeah. I cannot, I have had to make this decision in the last 10 years that I don't have the personality to run for office and I don't have uh, the energy to do it, right? And so I don't know that I can affect things globally, but I can definitely try to help the person in front of me, if only by not being rude in a retail situation. Totally. If only, totally. you know, and if there's a drunk dude in front of the 7-Eleven and I have an extra buck, I can give him a buck and just say, hey, man, and I can look him in the eye and I can say, you know, take care of yourself, you know, and it may, it may get him drunk or it may kill him the buck or you may buy a sandwich with it. Once I've given him the dollar, the dollar is no mm -hmm. longer mine. It is mm -hmm. now his. He gets to do whatever he wants with it. <laughs> so, but but making eye contact with someone that I've given change to on the, on the street, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It doesn't get them off the street, but it treats them like a human. Yeah. And it's a tiny, it's a tiny thing that I'm actually more interested in right now than being able to thinking about how I would like to, you know, find Putin and punch him in the nose. Right. Yeah. 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 It's, it yes. seems unlikely that I would get there. You know, I could right. take a plane to Russia. <laughs> I probably wouldn't get to meet him. Uh, he's probably got probably people. Probably not. He's probably got people. <laughs> he's probably got those people. <laughs> um, yeah, it, absolutely. And it's an, another thing that's like, I think Brene Brown said something about this being like, it doesn't. If you're not in the same, if you're not in the ring, then like, I don't 
care about your opinion. Like if you're not putting forth the vulnerability that I am in whatever, telling a joke, doing stand up improv, whatever the thing is, if you're not going to do it, then like I don't care about your opinion because you you don't you you won't do the thing that I'm doing. Like you don't have the courage to do the thing. So why the fuck do I care about what you think about it? Right. Right. You have the courage to comment about it, but you don't have the courage to do it. So then I don't fucking care what you think. Yeah. If it's hard you know, dealing with, you know, it's the it, I think what you're what feels what what I get out of what you just said was that don't read the comments on the YouTube. Don't. It's, don't. It's, I did it one time and it was a huge fucking mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I I will some my sister or or Andy will sometimes read the comments for me and they'll be like 93% all positive. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I'll just take that. That seems yeah. fair enough. And then and I, I was did like, it one are, time and I was like, never. And I was like, ever are there, again. Are there any negative comments that seem to make sense? And they're like, they are not. There are things that you cannot or will not do about yourself. Yeah. It turns out you're a hundred years old and you're slightly overweight. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Yeah, I don't need to read that. And yeah. uh, you know, I'm like, you think I, you know, and then they compare you to people that are yes. you whenever I get a message like that, sometimes on TikTok or Instagram, I'll get like a did Sally Jesse Raphael start doing stand-up? And I'm like, delete. I don't even know who she is, but I know that that is not a flattering comparison. <laughs> so I don't I need actually to actually like I I think I know who that is and I like that person. <laughs> okay. Well, and they might I mean the thing is just they might compare me to the funniest human being on the planet, but I'm just like, I don't necessarily you don't need to, you know, it's just like, it's, it's Roseanne or Rosie O'Donnell, or I'm like, I don't need to be compared even to Lily Tomlin. I don't need to be compared to someone I don't look like at all. We don't need to do comparing anyway. At like, we don't need to do it. It doesn't need to be a thing that we you, do. You could just type, I liked this. Yes. And if you didn't like it, you could not type at all. Do anything. You keep could just move just on. Keep scrolling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I read the comments one time. I won't ever do it again. Um, but it was like, there's nothing you could say that I don't already know about myself, right? So it was like, you know, it's and they're always appearance-based for women. And I've noticed, like, the men don't really get... Uh, As much, hey, unless they're super goony looking or they're super but handsome. But sometimes that plays in their favor, too. Like, being super, super goony looking, especially in the comedy community. It's like, that... that that does play for that you. Guy, that you know? guy gets to be a lead and then his wife is hot on the sitcom. Yeah, totally. Totally. And it's not that Kevin James isn't funny. It's just he's a normal looking dude. And 1, his wife is super foxy. And you're yep. just like, all right, how come you get to go out with Captain Sit Up, you know, and you totally. don't have to do anything. <laughs> so. Totally. And it's like, it's like, uh, I feel like all the comments I get are like, um, or when I, when the one time I mistakenly read them were like physical. And I was like, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> like right. this, I have zero control. One, I have zero control over this. Like, right. I mean, I get, I mean, plastic surgery, like that's a thing, I guess. But like, mostly I have zero control over it. Mm-hmm. And also there's nothing about my physical self that I don't already know. Like you could not tell me something new about it. Like right. I already know all these things and yet you're still going to choose that thing. And it's just a power move. Like ultimately it's like people who are scared want to pa- have power over you so right. that they can feel like they're dominating something. And it's fucking fucked. But like that's that's humanity. That's part of humanity, unfortunately. And you got to work to have the confidence to ignore the bastards. To ignore them. To fucking sure. ignore them. Fuck them. They don't know shit. Rebecca Lee, it has been an hour. Uh, 
Oh my gosh! I told I you it would go by going. fast. You know. just keep talking. It's been really... a delight, though. It's been very nice to meet you, even over it's the been Zoom. So nice to meet you. Yeah, yes, I'm so I'm so grateful to be here and to be talking about this. Thank you so much for, for Rangers. Having me. I'm talking to Rebecca Lee, and it's at its i t s underscore Rebecca Lee, spelled as you would imagine. And uh, she is in play right now at the Hudson. And if you go to its Rebecca Lee, you can underscore. Don't forget the underscore. It'll be in the notes. <laughs> but if you go there, you can see her work ongoing. And um, thank you so much for doing the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's and been Rangers, a true treat. You know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?